Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Rock and Roll. And only Pizza Hut has their great new cassette with 10 bodacious Ninja Turtle tunes. Get a cassette for your kids for just $3.99. Hey, act fast and get a most excellent autographed poster. An official tour book absolutely free. But hurry, because this is one rock and roll deal that's too awesome to miss. We now present TurtleCast, a six-part podcast delving into the history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6 News with a flash news report. That's right. Jimmy, who's a very good friend of Brandon's, has just completed a brand new TMNT podcast called TurtleCast. Sounds like a great title to me. That's right. And Brandon wanted to show his appreciation for all of the hard work that Jimmy did to make this show fantastic and successful. So, from April O'Neil and Channel 6 News, and of course, all of the turtles. Turtle power! <laughs> Hi, Mike. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. So, that's really nice to hear. Um, that I'm your favorite April O'Neil. I like that. Um, anyhow, Mike, this is from Brandon. And um, he wanted to do this in appreciation for all the hard work that you did um, on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. Um, he's incredibly appreciative. I had no idea I was doing an iconic movie. Okay, they don't speak. Somebody is speaking over there, and I'm literally talking to rubber turtles with um, humans in there that can see through slits. My first experience, I was like, oh my God, those actors inside those suits must think I'm nuts. Okay. All right. Much love. Surprise! Well, hello there, Billy. Your friend Brandon wanted me to swing by and say congratulations for completing this season of Turtle Cast. Well done. Taking something from start to finish is not an easy thing, and you guys killed it. And my hat is off to you. I think you're you're on to something here. I hope you have many seasons, and it does. Uh, it just brings you and everybody who listens to it so much joy because at the end of the day, that is why we do what we do. It's to create something that people will love. And so, so my friends, Billy, my new friend, and Brandon, um, and TurtleCast, everybody who's associated with it because we all know that it takes a, a whole bunch of people to bring something to life. Um, congratulations on what you've accomplished, and I wish you many more seasons of this. Cowabunga, dudes! I'm Brandon. And I'm Jimmy. I'm Billy. And I'm Mike. And we are back for yet another episode of Turtle Cast. And by the way, this episode is our final episode, at least initially. We came into this show with the idea to do a six-part miniseries where we tell you everything you've ever wanted to know about the Turtles. 
eventually we'll probably come back and do some bonus episodes as time goes on. But this time around, we're going to talk about the finale free-for-all because we're going to talk about a bunch of weird stuff. A turtle potpourri, if you will. But first, before we get into that, let's discuss the videos we just watched. <laughs> we heard from our three favorite April O'Neils. And uh, what do you guys think? Uh, was, <laughs> it was amazing, Brandon. It was I amazing. was astounded. It was it, it, it's definitely unexpected. We had uh, Renee Jacobs, of course, who was April O'Neil in the 1987 cartoon. We had Paige Turco, the uh, Mike's favorite, <laughs> April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze, as well as TMNT3. And, of course, we had the legendary Judith Hogue, uh, B- Billy's favorite April, mm-hmm. Of, and she gave us like all kinds of great information, and she listened to the show, yes, which is amazing. She's an actual fan of the show. Yeah. Which is, oh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the show, Judith. It was so great to hear from you. Um, any other thoughts on any of the April O'Neil guys? One, just awesome hearing from all of them. Uh, and it was actually pretty. Uh, Judith Hogue actually even like kind of dressed up a little bit and had like a little yellow <laughs> she, she button looked, up under I her. I think she looked like April O'Neil. Yeah. Well, guys, this is our final episode so far. What has been your favorite topic that we've discussed, Billy? Uh, cartoons. Jimmy. I lost my train. <laughs> <laughs> well, since it's the segment and episode that uh, Judith Hogue listened to, I mm-hmm. guess I'm going to say the movies, yeah. the 1990s movies. Yeah. Mike, that was my choice. Was the nineteen ninety movies? I also just really liked the uh, the homework assignment on that episode, which Judith Hogue actually even acknowledged. Which was yes, she did. I love yeah, that. yeah. That she, she liked our cast. I wonder which wonder which casting she thought she was weird. Listen to your ridiculous ramblings. <laughs> I'm guessing. I'm guessing she was thinking of Billy. That's just I wonder incredible. if she sat there and like clapped when I said Harvey Corman. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see. I can, I can hey, I watched this one. That's yeah. exactly what I can definitely. I'm trying to think, what did we say in that episode that she could have possibly listened to? My brain was surging. Well, that was the, that was the one that we recorded for four hours. What did I say? So, right, yeah, that was a long who one. knows? Very long one. Uh, which episode did you guys learn the most from, do you think? The comic book for me. Probably still the comic yeah. book one for me, too. Uh, comic, book, uh, comic book and the TV one for me. The cartoon one for me, honestly, because I knew there was a lot of cartoons, but I didn't know the vast, vast uh, you know, amount. Right of uh, the different series, yeah. how many there actually were. Right, yeah, I know the different series, but I'd never like watched them, so that was very. Right. I learned a lot from that alone. That and the, and the comics, I literally read of uh, almost two hundred uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics in a six month span, which was very. It was a lot to take in, but it was really, really worthwhile. And once again, thank you all three of you for this ride that we've been on, this Turtle Cast ride. It has been fun, but right now. We got one more time to get going. We're going to talk a little bit about everything today. So thank you guys that are listening out there for joining us for episode six of the TurtleCast where four middle-aged mutant Ninja Turtle fans gathered to talk TMNT in Jimmy's apartment where he tries his damnedest to avoid eye contact with all of us. (laughs) I'm doing a damn fine job today. (laughs) You are, you are. Notice I put the screen in front of me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always hiding behind something. Now... After covering every turtle topic imaginable in our previous five episodes, we figured that our finale would be more of a showcase of some of the more fun and yet bizarre moments in TMNT history. <laughs> the ephemera, as I like to use It's going to get weird, it, y'all. We yes, are... <laughs> to give you a little preview, we are going to talk the next mutation. Tonight, we are going to dine on turtle soup and cereal and pies. We will wish you a turtle Christmas. We are... 
also going to pretend we didn't watch an adult video together right before we press record today. You mean the porn? Is we, the porn that we watched yeah, together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, man. That, oh, we'll get there. And yes, we're going to talk about that issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures in great detail involving a very, very horrible dictator from the past. <laughs> but first, we are going to hit the ground running and go on tour as Jimmy talks to us about the greatest concert tour of all time. Jimmy, tell us all about the Coming Out of Our Shells tour. Well, before we talk about that, which I, I think that's the greatest fast food promotion of all time, we're going to talk about another fast food promotion uh, and then segue into coming out of our shells. Let's do it. Uh, we talked about the VHS tapes, uh, and that was the thing most people remember, but Burger King also had a proper Ninja Turtles kids meal. Uh, and this was the early days of the Burger King Kids Club, so we were just getting to know Kid Vid and all his diverse friends, when along came a collection of Ninja Turtle badges. Cut to the commercial, Jimmy. Now they're taking Burger King by storm. You can get one of your favorite heroes on a shell every time you buy a Kids Club meal. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle badges. For a limited time, only at Burger King. Cowabunga, dude. Uh, they each had a little doohickey on the back, and you could clip them onto a belt buckle or a t-shirt pocket or whatever. Uh, I always thought these were cute, but kind of weird, and I've come to understand that Happy Meals sometimes can't just have a turtle or a Ghostbuster or a Batman action figure because Playmates or Kenner or somebody has the exclusive rights to make those. So they got to find a workaround. So you end up with weird shit like Ninja Turtle badges, DuckTales secret decoder rings, Ghostbusters school supplies. Again, my favorite Happy Meal of all time. Uh, the one I had of these was Donatello owning the Shredder. The Shredder's like, he he comes apart and he says like, pow, like he's been punched. Uh, that was the one I always wanted. It's kind of a goal of mine and one day I'll get there. But of course, the biggest Ninja Turtle promotion that most remember, uh, and the one that I would call infamous, launched in 1990. Again with the 1990, amazing. It's amazing what you could fit so much Turtle happenings in one year, but damn it if 1990 didn't pack it all in. Of course, I'm talking about the Coming Out of Our Shells tour. Sponsored by Pizza Hut and featuring a cassette tape with tracks by the Heroes in Green, who decided it was time to put down their weapons and defeat villains through the power of music, as Splinter says. As one does, of course. A full-scale tour launched that same year at Radio City Music Hall, which was broadcast live on pay-per-view. How much did that cost? Do you have any idea? I should have looked that up. I bet it was still pretty cheap. I was wondering that because I actually watched it last night on YouTube, and I just I could not imagine people paying money for right. that <laughs> to watch on pay per view. I, I get going to it, right? But watching oh, it on yeah. pay per view, yeah. it was something. Pay per view was later followed by a VHS recording, and then a making of a video of that same VHS recording. It's crazy how much content they wrung out of this thing. I begged my parents to go to Pizza Hut, which is where the rich people eat pizza. That's what they used to tell me. My parents would always say that. Uh, That's so true. We, had, we were little Caesars people uh, because I had to have the tape uh, because the songs in the ad sounded so cool. And regardless of the dubious nature of this tour and how ramshackle some of this looks, the songs are actually pretty awesome. There, right? there, were saying the same are. Thing. there are three legitimately great songs on this, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Like April O'Neil's Ballad should not be that great. <laughs> like, that should be on the Monster Ballad CD from my youth. <laughs> it is From so timeline. <laughs> it is, yeah. exactly, it is so good. And of course, the, the last shell, the, the last shell, the last song that they do where they, 
talk uh, talk about that. You can count on us. Oh, the yeah, very Motley Crue song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one is fantastic. Yeah, and, right. and of course, my favorite probably Skipping Stones by Splinter. Because <laughs> one thing that a kid's musical needs is a Bruce Springsteen ballad. The closest explanation <laughs> I've been able to come up with for that is that like he's their sensei, so him covering the boss might right. make a little bit of sense. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. I mean, that's hiding. That is. The yeah. closest <laughs> connection I could come up with. I always fast forward through that song when I was a kid. Cause... No, it's so good. Yeah, yeah, I did too. When really I was a kid. Too. Oh, I, I always... can see why a kid would be bored by it, That's though. Because, I mean, yeah. like, even watching that pay-per-view, they just show footage of somebody skipping stones mm-hmm. on yeah. the river. Like, what is this really about? By the way, as much as I really like the music, this came out in the 90s, and it's the most 80s soundtrack there right. is. Yeah. The album went triple platinum. With three million whoa, whoa. albums sold. Wait, tr- what? Triple platinum? Triple platinum with three million albums I actually, sold. I mean, I had it, but I didn't. I, I would it. never guess that. That sounds impressive, but realize the tapes were sold at three ninety nine each with a personal pan pizza. So I'm not sure if that counts for anything. Really. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, I mean, but. Still triple platinum. But, well, yeah, you yeah. go platinum by selling X amount of yeah. uh, cassette tapes at the time, so they sold that many cassette tapes. Then That's a weird metric to think about, because, like, are they selling cassette tapes to the different restaurants, and then the right. restaurants well sell them, or are they recording yeah. what the restaurants were also, selling? Also, think about how much money, like, Pizza Hut made if they were, like, for four bucks or whatever, that right. times three million or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Now, did it come with the pizza, did it, or did you have to buy it's the a personal pan, I believe. Right, right. It came with the personal pan pizza, or you had to no, buy you had a personal pan, and then you'd additional yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to get the to get the tape okay. worth every penny. I had mm-hmm. the tape, and I I wasn't of the age at the time to where I paid the money to buy right. it. Yeah. My parents, my I'd say my yeah. my mom probably got it yeah. begrudgedly. I mean, Eventually, we, we went to Pizza Hut often because <laughs> the rich pizza. We didn't think it was the rich. <laughs> pizza. The rich <laughs> bastards. Was expensive, according to the Humphrey clan. <laughs> Eventually, the tapes would be something that you constantly find at Big Lots for ninety nine cents. Um, I would find them there a lot. Um, so Pizza Hut probably had a lot of leftover stock. And I'm not going to list all the actual musicians who put this thing together. Obviously. I was wondering about that Lessons myself. The Turtles, uh, they're all listed in the tape, but I hope those people got a sweet deal of that cut. This is fascinating to me. Some Pizza Huts actually had jukeboxes with the Count on Us single on them. I honestly can't imagine anything more fucking sweet than <laughs> walking in a Pizza Hut in 1990. Ordering a personal pan pizza and kicking the jukebox like Fonzie and having Count on Us start playing. I wish I knew that kind of love in my personal life. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, the pizza in the 90s were the place to be. It so right. was. Has anybody watched the, the tour recently? Like, like in the last 10 years or something like that? Not, no. And I've definitely not like sat down and watched the whole thing. I see clips of it here and there occasionally yeah. online. But I went to it, the tour when I was a child, but I, didn't, same. I, I haven't watched yeah. it. Go ahead, Jimmy. <laughs> this is a digression, but Pizza Hut sponsored the tour. They sewed the tape. There's a Pizza Hut commercial on the 1990 movie VHS, and Pizza Hut gave out coupons to buy the movie, but the pizza chain shown in the actual movie, and one of those videos you just showed us, oh, yeah. it's Domino's. Yes. Yeah. Why is that? I wish I could be a fly on the wall for whatever happened. I don't know. I, I have no I don't know why that is, but it always fascinated me. Even as a 10-year-old, I was like, well, why is it in the movie, and why does I just didn't understand it. Yeah. The tour started in late September at Radio City Music Hall. It went everywhere. The Grand Ole Opry, the Astrodome, Six Flags. From This was interesting to me because you all 
I guess you all went. All Does three of us. Oh, yeah. me? All of us except for yeah. Jimmy went to this. Yeah, we well, here you go. From February 6th to February 10th, it played every night at Louisville Gardens. That's here. That's oh. us. Oh, it Louisville Gardens. Yeah, Four okay. Days. Yeah. Four and days. then it played again a year later. They came back in 92 hmm. in February. Huh. It went to Mexico, Puerto Rico, France, and Sweden. 92. That was when they was kind of cooling off, too. Yeah. So I got a big confession to make when it comes to this tour, and I've probably told many lies about it over the years. Uh, remember, I was 11 when this came out. You were too happened. cool. Yeah. And uh, I wanted the tape, but I didn't really have much interest in the live tour or the tour video or the making of the tour video. To this day, I've only watched clips of it. I've never seen the whole thing. Whoa. Because even at 11... Wow. We should have had a movie day. Even uh-huh. at 11, I knew this was cringe as fuck. Uh, You've no- watched the porn, but you haven't watched this. 11-year-old me actually coined the phrase... Uh, cringe as fuck about the tape. Uh, Brandon is going to talk about the Oprah interview later, and I wish he would reconsider. It's just so, <laughs> it's just so cringe. Everything about this tour and this pocket of the turtle universe is visually ugly to me. The fake enthusiasm and confused cutaways to children in the audience is just the worst thing I've ever seen. I sent you a guys a video of the second tour, Getting Down in Your Town, which mostly performed, performed at various Six Flags parks. And it is somehow even worse than this original <laughs> tour. Complete with That's an tough. O- that is complete, tough. And you all saw this. Complete with an overdubbed Casey Jones on stage. Meanwhile, somewhere Eastman and Laird are taking turns kicking each other in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that serious Turtle fans look at this stuff and roll their eyes and go, that's when Turtles sold out. You know, make your money whenever you can. I don't give a fuck. I love the nostalgia people have over this tour. That's why I have the figures and God bless NECA for making them. They're unbelievable, even though, as I pointed out, they had to change the name of the tour. It's the musical mutagen tour. And I have on the shirt. Here. Yeah, I was curious yeah part of me is like, I wish it said coming out of their show. Right. I agree. Whatever. I'm just still so impressed how hard Pizza Hut went in on this. Nowadays, McDonald's does a grape shake or a berry shake and says it's Grimace's birthday and people <laughs> eat it up, but it's absolutely nothing. Restaurants don't want to spend money on this type of stuff anymore. That stuff stays in kids. Hey, it's in me. It stays in kids' memories forever, and we've lost that, and it makes me sad. Yep. And that's the coming out of our shelves tour. <laughs> the, uh, 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 I enjoyed the coming out of the shelves tour when I was a child, from what I remember. I, I, I mean, I, I loved it as a kid. Yeah, watching it last night, I would say I really enjoyed watching about three fourths of it, but it's way too long as an adult. Um, the Shredder stuff is a little cringy. But what's yeah, fun is, yeah. so yeah. the uh, pay-per-view, I'm guessing they, was it live, the pay-per-view yeah, at the time? Because they have the intermission in the middle of the show. And it gets, like, if you watch the pay-per-view, that's when it gets really, like, slowed down. Because they start doing, oh, backstage segments with the Turtles. Because, uh, uh, spoiler, at the end of the first act, Shredder takes over the theater. I like the backstage stuff. I think yeah. this stuff's kind of fun. It, but after you're watching all the musical yeah. stuff, it's a, it's a huge shift. So it's kind of off, off-putting in a way. I wish it were cut tighter. Because yes, I said, yes. I hate when it cuts to kids in the audience. I just uh, can't. Yeah. Because they're so confused about <laughs> what's are, happening. They have no idea and it's just a nightmare scenario but, happening on stage. But, on. but one thing I will say, the beginning of the, the second act, you know, Shredder is there during the entire intermission. With Baxter, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. And both of them are white guys, which is a totally different <laughs> story. Route they yeah, both Baxter, Shredder yeah. and Baxter Stockman. But <laughs> the entire time, like, as they're getting ready... 
for the second act to begin on the on the pay per view. They show what's going on, and Shredder is literally roasting children left and right. <laughs> he t- it's, that, it's amazing. Yeah. He tells that, yeah. he asks a kid if he he tells a kid, "Oh, I saw you on a milk carton once." Yeah, that's oh, true. like he was like saying everything <laughs> except for you're adopted to wow. these children, and I love it. And you can tell he was having the time of his life, and he's obviously just like singing them from the top of his head. But there there's some weird parts in in the show there's like one part of the show where the turtles are just like should we kill ourselves to <laughs> save music and i'm like whoa whoa this is not a great this is not a great message for for anyone let alone all these children so the follow-up to that was no yeah. right? like, they didn't yeah. like say that and just like leave it hanging in it's, the air for oh children God. to decide it is, it is so oh, weird that'd be great i would love that they're just like you know you know they're like, all right, we're going to off ourselves, but before we do, let's ask the children in the audience, hey, everyone, should we kill ourselves? <laughs> hey, have you all clapped no. out enough? No. We'll kill ourselves. <laughs> exactly. It's like that episode of All That where that. Lori Beth Denberg said she was on Suicide Watch. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then they just kept Whoa. going. <laughs> Different times. I love brought up Lori Beth Denberg. <laughs> <laughs> also, another thing about the, uh, if you ever watch it, I, I suggest doing a drinking game. And you mm-hmm. take a drink every time you hear a 90s reference, you'll be dead by halftime. I was going to say, you're trying to kill us. It's, yeah, like, it's nothing but, oh, we're going to talk about Domino's. Oh, we're going to talk about uh, Barbara Walters. It's all kinds of, like, weird, like, random 90s stuff that mm-hmm. kind of comes out of, their, out of their shells, if you will. Ah. A lot of 90s lingo. It, it's, it's really, like, I mean, it is so of the time, it's not even funny. But as amazing as songs like Skipping Stones and Pizza Power are, this tour led to one of really horrible moment in daytime television history. And I'm sorry, oh, Jimmy, uh, we've got to talk about Oprah. Uh, <laughs> you, you see, in 1990, Oprah cashed in on Turtle Mania and devoted 40 whole minutes oh to the Coming Out of the Shells tour. And there's there's a, this thing online that says if you can watch the entire uh, episode of that Oprah uh, broadcast... And not turn it off, you should win a medal. Because it is one of the most rough things yeah, to watch. Because it's, it's just nonstop them in character. Fake enthusiasm. Oh, I can't oh, stand very, it. Very, I very, can't very. stand it. And then, like, Oprah every <laughs> once in a while stirring the pot just to give them, like, more talking points. And just, oh, oh my God. Not good. See, it's not good. The audience is packed with kid fans who okay. look so, like, confused half the time. And also, the other half of the fans are, are moms who look very, very pissed off that they're there. Now, if um, there are <sighs> some highlights I want to go over real quick. We'll end with the one that you're already thinking of. It's just like I can't. <laughs> we're getting it. We're getting, I wasn't even going to mention. That. I was just going to say I can't decide if I hate Oprah more for this episode or Doctor Phil. I, f- I feel I feel for Oprah. She's responsible I, for both of these monsters. But, but if you look into her eyes, you can tell she's like, "We've lost this. The train is off the tracks." You can just hear her inner monologue of like, "Paycheck, paycheck, paycheck, now, paycheck, paycheck." From watching it. Uh, Children ask questions. Yes, correct? yes, and that's one of one of the highlights is <laughs> okay, the, yeah, the kids keep that. asking the turtles about like fighting and beating people up, and the turtles have to keep sidestepping. They're mm-hmm. just because we don't want to promote fighting. We, this, I mean, the tour is all about music and not fighting, and uh, this is still a kids show, so they had to keep going on about you know vi- violence is not cool. Reading is cool. <laughs> Teenage Music Ninja Turtles was right there. <laughs> it, it, they, they just hit me. It was right they, there. That's why they should have called this tour right here. Yeah. Instead of the, the musical mutagen tour. It's, I mean, it's something. 
Uh, other highlights include Oprah saying the words party dude, which is weird to come out of her mouth. <laughs> the turtles call Oprah baby quite a few times, which is kind of disgusting. They're pretty gross in this whole thing. Oh, <laughs> yes. They really are. And that's what we're getting at too right yeah. now. The infamous quote that's considered probably the most embarrassing moment in turtle history, yeah. possibly. None and a little this. bit of foreshadowing for this episode oh. if you really think about yeah. what we're going to talk about yeah. later. Raphael. That's true. Sits. <laughs> and he's, oh, so Oprah asks uh, the turtles, hey, do you guys sometimes wish that April was a turtle? Which is a weird question in general. Does she come up with that? I mean, this is hard hitting journalism from our girl O. I mean, she's the best what, of all time. What right? answer did she expect? The children are our the, audience. Well, are gonna I don't think she was expecting this. Raphael said, and I quote, mm-hmm. I am quoting here. I've been trying to talk her, April, into an interspecies relationship for months now. And then everyone starts laughing kind of awkwardly. And then Raphael also brings up, I guess she can't hold her breath for that long. What the fuck does that mean? The kids were mortified. I say oh, the yeah. kids' faces yeah. were the, yeah, the pan to the kids, which I'm pretty sure was not doctored on that one. No. The turtles are, are they? Are the guys backstage improving? Like, is this written or like how? I don't is think this it's scripted. It's the people in the suits, ain't it? I don't think yeah, it's they're, they're always people. moving to. The I say they're really well. They're, it's, yeah. it's very well put together. If there's voices in the back and, oh, yeah. and then just acting out, on I, stage. I would figure there's someone off stage no. who's who's doing a thing. And like watching because their eyes are. I think you're right giving them way too much credit. There. That's how it would normally work. No, no, that's fair. Because they wouldn't be able to Jeez. make their mouth do the anything. The the there were just the people in the suits giving the answers, and that's why the answers were so. Could the people in the suits understand. have had like little Madonna mics on underneath the I heads? So, maybe could be. that's what I think. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. Do you do you think Jim Henson saw this when this happened? I fucking oh, hope not. Because was he was alive in 1990. Want him to have to sit through that? Although, in all fairness, he would probably be. More a fan of this version of Ninja Turtles because oh yeah it, yeah it was anti the very violence, violence fighting, yeah. but still who knows I mean, there's word fighting but he probably wouldn't have been, <laughs> been a big fan of the suits because yeah. they look like oh ass. they're yeah, the suits are they are bad. they are rough they are rough they are very rough suits now there was a way better interview with the turtles a uh, year or two later Barbara Walters interviewed the turtles <laughs> in the 1991 annual Oscar special where you know she's promoting actual like real movies right but. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze was out at that time, and it was the hot ticket. So let's let's inter- interview the Turtles. And they actually have the Henson, like, really rubber suits. Really good yeah. suits. Yeah. And they have the uh, the voices, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, in this interview, the Turtles blame uh, reptile prejudice for their lack of Oscar noms, which... <laughs> hey, they were right. Godzilla never got nominated for I mean, for that Oscar. is true. That is Very true. true. Uh, Michelangelo calls uh, Barbara Walters a dudette at once, which is different. <laughs> but most famously, at the end of the of the interview, Donatello cries all over the legendary Bar- Barbara Walters That's with so the great. most ridiculous sprinkler esque right. tears to ever happen. Which, by the way, so looked great. like blood in a Quentin Tarantino but, movie. But, <laughs> But did you know that that was an actually was actually a malfunction? Oh, like that was okay. not. So he was supposed to cry, mm-hmm. but yeah, the water pump was, was not supposed out. to shoot out like that. Yeah, that's so, why she was laughing so yeah. hard. She was laughing like a harpy. It's she really wonderful. Was. Right. Well, it, so it came out later that she didn't that she was mad about about it for it ruined her dress, which oh. she noticed after the interview was <laughs> over or whatever. <laughs> that's, that's, I love that. I like that. Um, but yeah, it's just the the pump was going way too 
more powerful than yeah. was expected. And after Leaf told him, it was just like, okay, I've got to improvise. And he uh, he made lemonade <laughs> out of those lemons. Yeah. And just squirted those lemons right all over Barbara Walters because he, he takes the box, which I think is brilliant. Right. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's drying his, his, uh, his eyes out with the box, and that is just... <laughs> I think yeah. Mikey has the box. Yeah, say, I think yeah. Mikey Mikey's starts dabbing like, his pat, face pat, with the box. Yeah, his face with the box. Yeah, it's just genius. the box itself and not it's, like taking any tissues out. Just the genius of. But I think Donnie okay. takes it from yeah. him at one point. The genius of yeah. Michelin Sisti. <laughs> and, Michelin yeah. Sisti. Santa we right, Judith. Right. Thank right. you for we, correcting me. Jimmy. We always talk on the uh, me and Jimmy always talk on the Batman podcast about how we are like the especially me. I'm like the worst at pronouncing names as read. So. Thank you for clearing that up, Judith. No, Ferris, I've actually known somebody named Michael Ann before, but it was like two separate names. I also knew like McKaylin, which is what I thought it might also be too. But Also, it's burned forever in my brain is some of the times that we saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in professional wrestling. Mike, will you please tell (laughs) us of some of those amazing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle wrestling combinations? All right, well, first we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and start off stateside here in America with the Toxic Turtles with their one appearance in the WWF back in 1993. One very infamous appearance, I might add. Very infamous appearance on an episode of Wrestling Challenge. Uh, so as the story goes, Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy, you had these suits and they would take them with them to every taping. Uh, Dwayne Gill and Barry Hardy are just kind of jobbers. They were no name. They, they, were, they were known to enhance other talents, so they would right. lose all the time. Dwayne Gill later became Gilberg, who which was, was a fun a little par- bit. a parody of Bill Goldberg, who right. was wrestling for rival promotion WCW at the time. Right. So they would take these suits uh, with them to every show as a way because it it covered full face and everything. So they would bring these suits to the shows to try and get booked for multiple matches. I guess you get more payday if you're on the card yeah. more than once. Yeah. yeah. So. One day, Vince McMahon had seen one of them breakdancing backstage in the costume and said, screw it, throw him out there in a match. <laughs> and now, the, the interesting thing about this match is that Tommy and Terry are their names. Not not turtle names? Uh, not, not, not Renaissance names. I say names not, they're, they're, apparently, at one point, they had talked about trying to come up with Renaissance That's names. That's what I would have done. Yeah. And they came up with Botticelli. Ah, oh, fuck it, we'll just call them Tommy and Terry. Uh, <laughs> and they were announced from Terrytown, Texas, as opposed to New York, which is weird because New York is also, like, a base of operation for, for the, the WWF, WWF yeah. at the time. So, and even still to this day, yeah. but, like, like all those New York things, and then we have them from not even a big city in Texas, just Terrytown, Texas. So his name was Terry from Terrytown? Yes, it is. Um... <laughs> Turtle antics that go on in the match uh, include Tommy yelling, I love being a turtle, during a random bout of silence because this crowd did not give a shit about this match in the slightest. Uh, There's also another part of the match where after their opponent kicks out of a pinfall attempt, the referee or the turtle ends up on his back and his partner has to run in and well, pull him back he's over. He's a turtle. He's a turtle. Right. Yeah. Which I appreciate that. I like that. I like that. And the last bit of turtle antics showed them actually... Doing it was like an assisted senton. So basically, one turtle standing on the outside on the apron, holding the ropes, and the other one on the inside grabs the top rope and just flung the other turtle in. Basically, oh, that's fun, causing him to like come in with slingshot. a senton and land shell first on the opponent, <laughs> thus giving them the win. So, and that's that's about all there really is to <laughs> the toxic turtles. Uh, 
they, they, if I'm not mistaken, the color of bandanas were also, I think they were both red. They were both red. Uh, so I guess. A little wink to the original comics. So I guess Dwayne Gill's a mark for the image comics? I I, I don't know. Uh, but more interestingly, let's go take a trip south of the border to Mexico. Where this shit gets real interesting. It's your son. So, in 1990 is when this first happened, going back to Jimmy's same, favorite year of Turtles. Same year as coming out of the uh, shells. Last Tor- and the first Turtle movie. Las Tortugas Ninja <laughs> make their debut. Uh, and there's there's so much that goes on with this. It's, it's hard to even keep up with a lot of it, because there actually ends up being three different notable... Ninja Turtle knockoffs hmm. in Mexico, and they all end up fighting each other even at one point. Oh, that's uh, fair. So, for the most part, they were just named Tortuga, Ninja, One, Two, or I guess so, Uno, Dos, Trace, Quattro. Ninja Turtle One and Two. Yes. Right, right. Uh, eventually, there is a, a I'll version the of copyright them. issues there, guys. Right. Well, there is a version of it now. Remember, this is also in Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. So we can use Spanish versions of the names because yeah. they probably don't have those copywritten. Yeah. So we do have uh, a Miguel Angel at one point, and then Donatello, Rafael, and Leonardo. I bring that up that they didn't change those names because, as you know, as a wrestling fan, Mexico doesn't give a shit about your contracts. <laughs> they don't care. Never have, never will. There's ripoffs. If a wrestler gets fired from WWE and they have some sort of clause, Mexico don't give a shit. They're booking them on the biggest <laughs> show they have that year, let alone like just putting them in a show. Um, They're going to fill up an arena de Mexico. Right. Uh, so, and then the second version of, or the second Ninja Turtles knockoffs in Mexico. This one, yes, name, more than this, one. <laughs> this name's a little bit harder to read. Los Tortugios Karatakes, which mean? translates to the Little Karate Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> there were three of them. I love that name. Again, just one, two, and three. Uh, eventually, they would go on to feud with Los Tortugas Mutante, the Mutant Turtles, Mutant Turtles. which also just had a one, two, and three. Now, this all took place in the 90s, but they would eventually come back around 2005 or so, which is a convenient year, because that's when around me and Brandon actually met. Yeah. Um, And then, so in about 2006, Los Tortuga Mutante lost their masks in a Lucha de Espuertes, I believe is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, Which basically just means a match of wagers. So uh, usually in Mexico, it's actually pretty traditional that there would be a mask versus mask match, or in some cases, a mask versus hair match, because most of the bad guys in Mexico actually don't wear masks a lot of the time. Yeah, and uh, when you lose your mask, that's a huge deal. A lot of wrestlers will actually use that as their retirement. Especially some will say that's the end of your career. Right. But the interesting thing is... They lost said match and their masks to Los Simpsons, <laughs> Homero, Bart, and Lisa. There's a lot of cowabungas going on I mean, in that match. Just it's just bonkers the stuff wow. that they get away with with these in Mexico. But fast forward to 2015, up even presently today, there okay. is a Las Tortugas Nina. Wow. Uh, 
wrestling for the IWG promote or IWRG promotion, which stands for International Wrestling Revolution Group. I don't even know them. There is, I didn't know them until I did this research, yeah. and I, it's, it's very interesting. This is the part that gets even more bonkers to me. More bonkers? No, not not as bonkers as Los Simpsons. That's <laughs> that's pretty. <laughs> that's I do not have a visual for them, but we should just look that up after recording <laughs> I'm because that is about one now. But right, it's, it's just just I would probably Lucha have a, version of the Simpsons. Right, I would probably have a cow man. I all the things. Um, but so originally, this version of Las Tortugas Ninja only had, uh, or it had all four members originally, Leo, Rafi, Mike, until Tilo, which is their Donatello, I guess that's just how you nickname that in Spanish, turned evil and turned on the rest of the turtles, losing his mask, losing his long hair, now donning all black, but has a black shell on his suit still. They went all NWO. And there. he started oh, yeah. he started his own <laughs> stable uh-huh. called Las Tortugas Negras. Oh. The Black Turtles. The black Turtles. Black Turtles. Oddly yeah. enough, no, none of the three are black. Yeah. They just wear black. But yeah. And then would go on to feud with the turtles that he broke away from. And the interesting thing is that a lot of these uh a lot of times when you see just any like knockoff kind of thing where like we're clearly referencing a franchise that exists out of pro wrestling. Yeah. A lot of times they're trash wrestlers. Mm-hmm. A lot of times like you you don't really have to work cuz you're already over with the crowd Yeah, yeah. I mean the turtles you're are based over. on a yeah. movie that already did the work for you. Yeah. These guys can actually really get it done in the ring. Hmm. I mean, pulling off Canadian destroyers and Frankensteiners and all these like these crazy yeah. wild spot a Canadian destroyer would be a front flip pile driver for yeah. those who who don't know. But they also are not afraid to channel their inner image comics and get good and bloody. Because I saw some stuff, oh, man. The I mean, six turtles, the 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 barbed wire, uh, the the chairs. I mean, there's cinder blocks. Like these turtles get good and bloody, which is is nice to see a change of pace when there's something that would normally just be like it's just shitty, old pack, like cartoony. Whatever. You yeah. don't have to try really at yeah. this point, but these guys they go out there and they kick ass, and I. I I actually really enjoyed watching them and the few videos that I managed to find on YouTube. And uh, that that is about all I've got on the... the re- there's there's a few more here yeah. and there, little appearances, like Steven the Turtle, Weiner, and Chikara, which was a, a promotion based out of Philly that's now closed, sadly. <laughs> Near and dear to my heart, went to several shows. Uh, he wasn't necessarily trying to be any of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah. But- he just... Liked the Ninja Turtles, and that was kind of his gimmick, and he sort of, he honestly kind of looks like Pulverizer from the 2012 series, because he's, he was a chunky kid who was clearly wearing a suit, and he had like the red mask, which was also like Pulverizer, so I don't think that's what he was going for, but that is a, (laughs) an obvious comparison to give you a vision. Right, yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm surprised there weren't any Japanese uh, turtles, honestly. Uh, I think there are, but this is I, I didn't want to just yeah, that, keep... That, that, could be a, that could be a worm. Uh, yeah. A worm oh, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Now, those wrestling promotions aren't the only ones to cash in on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles at the height of their heyday in the 90s, but unfortunately by 1996, that turtle ship had pretty much sailed for a little bit. But that didn't stop Fox Kids. Fox Kids and uh, Saban Entertainment produced a live-action television series in 1997 entitled Ninja Turtles, The Next Mutation. This is the infamous series that introduced the world of Venus de Milo, which was uh, the female turtle that 
Peter Laird hated, and yes, she did have, uh, she had boobs. So how, did, weird. how did we know she was a woman? Yeah. Her voice wouldn't have been a giveaway or the name or anything. But apparently this reptile had to have mammary glands. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazing how they grew under the shell. That is just, yeah, I don't. I don't try understand to it. about it. Venus, yeah. for, if you don't know, if you've never seen Venus de Milo, she had a light blue mask. Um, Why was her color so close to an existing I, one, too? That, that was bothering me. That does me. seem weird. Yeah, There's so weird many colors they could have gone with. I think that was something else that uh, Peter Layer really hated. I mean, um, kudos to not going with pink. I'll give him that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or future. There you go. Yeah, uh, Layered hated the character. Eastman actually liked the idea of a female turtle. I've seen a little bit of that in his he, writing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he's the one that uh, helped introduce uh, Jenica and also and brought Venus de Milo back in the last, yeah. like, two years. Uh, the next mutation ran for 26 episodes from September of 1997 all the way through May of 1998. Did anybody watch this show when it was on? I did. You did? I did. Like, I was... You watch it regularly? I was 100% that kid where anything that was Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles I was going to watch, and these were now both. airing really both. pretty much back-to-back at this point. Uh, yeah, there I'm is... sure you'll get into the crossover episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm not saying I loved it, but I came home from school and Ninja Turtles was on the TV. What was I supposed to do? <laughs> True. And what Mike was referring to, there was a crossover between uh, Next Mutation and uh, Power Rangers in Space was okay. the name of that uh, particular yeah. Power Rangers show. I'd never heard of that one. Yeah, I, that was that was after my uh, Power Ranger days were kind of over. Uh, the the official synopsis for the Next Mutation is this: the heroes in a half shell return to stop the evil Dragon Lord with help from their newest member, Venus de Milo. And the reason that they're uh, fighting Dragon Lord, by the way, is because in at the end of the second episode, Venus de Milo defeats Shredder and turns him good. With her words. Yeah, with oh, words he, and psychic powers. He becomes good. And he oh, I didn't Well they, they say they don't show they don't oh, show okay. him, but there's so he just, doesn't come back. But at, well, kind of in the denouement of the episode, they're just okay. like he's seen his ways, he knows and all of a sudden, um the foot the foot clan is, just abandons all their beliefs out of nowhere. Because right. oh, yeah. uh, Leo Leo gets that he pulled the microphone, microphone from the ceiling, ceiling. Good, like yeah. fucking Howard Finkel <laughs> introducing people. He was. He was. He's doing his best, like Bruce Buffer, to kind of tell everybody, <laughs> "Hey, the foot is wrong," and everybody's like, "Okay." And what is that sword he had in that scene? Where, was that his? Because it looked a little too like ornate to be I like agree. a Leo there, katana. There, uh, it, 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 he only has one sword in in this oh, one, huh. actually. They, they changed him, and they changed whatever Michelangelo had, I remember. Oh, he didn't have nunchucks? Nunchucks, apparently, were just the worst. Well, I guess, yeah, because the cartoon had already phased the nunchucks yeah. out by that point. So, he had yeah. the grappling hook towards so, the end of that. Yeah. So, okay. so other than, like, the weird turtle boobs, what did everybody think of Venus de Milo? Uh, not good. In this. Not good in this. The, I'm, the, the, yeah. the actor, uh, uh, you know... The actress was probably fine. The, the actress or whatnot, the... Yeah. Uh, she, uh, what? In my in my opinion, the character is very boring. There's like nothing much yeah. to her. Uh, I think she has no a, personality. I think it's a good idea as far as like to mix in a girl turtle. You know, oh, I think that's great. Well, well before representation was used the way that we use it today. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think it would have been great to to have a girl turtle. I think there's little tweaks we could do here and there. I'm not even against Shredder being ousted after two episodes, but I thought that was actually giving, ballsy, and I appreciate it. Right, that. like giving Venus that. de Milo an actual weapon would have been nice. Yeah, uh, yeah giving her a weapon the entire series, giving her a color separate from the turtles, like yellow, like gen- gen- yeah, or, they could have gone. Orange, well, orange is Michelangelo, Michelangelo right. yeah. but yeah, you uh, could go all kinds of different colors. This I mean, yeah, 
I mean, and, they're only using four to begin with, right? Uh, but I, I think it's another. I think it's another case like we've seen with a few things with turtles in the past that, like, had it been handled differently, it actually probably could have been really, really good. But as as far as if we're just talking about Venus de Milo and not the show, yeah, uh, yeah, it is, she was fine, but she wasn't what, the reason I was watching it. What What did you think of the show then, Mike? Uh, that, in in my opinion, is definitely where, like, mm, if we just crafted a story that was worth watching... It could have, like, I think it could have been really cool. Because, like, just shit dialogue aside, like, a lot of kids' stuff is going to have hokey dialogue anyway. Even the 1990 film has some hokey dialogue, so I'm not super worried about that. Uh, as far as the, the visuals, uh, the CG stuff is definitely well before <laughs> anybody had figured out how to do that. But, like, the suits and the puppet work in it... Looks like all the people who got fired off of dinosaurs <laughs> yeah. got together and made a Ninja Turtles show. <clears throat> like it just, uh, but again, like I, I do think that there was potential there, but uh, the the finished product was poor execution. What do you think of their uh, the rod? Uh, oh, just the, the just green Hummer. Yeah, just a green Hummer. No, with a shell with a shell print. Yeah. yeah, that's right. They did at least put the shell print on. I mean, it wasn't as badass as Raph's motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, did you watch it when it was on? Uh, no, because I was a little older, uh, and I, I didn't even know it was on at I the time. Really, completely. I found out about it like years later. I checked oh. back in because I heard that it was a thing that was happening. Because I didn't know, I didn't watch a whole lot of Power Rangers, um, but I appreciated the schlock. Even then, I kind of appreciated the schlock level of it. Um, I checked back on this because at this point I wasn't Ninja Turtles was like I, I was almost like Dr. Manhattan like I left the earth and I was like up on Mars or whatever <laughs> looking down at what you all were doing and I was like well that's interesting uh, and that's kind of how I feel about this now I'm like this is really fun and bad and I don't mind it at all one thing that's interesting about the seri- series to me is that there's no April O'Neil in the entire series okay, that had a problem oh, didn't with. remember that uh, or Casey Jones th- there was a rumor that they might com- uh, potentially join in in the second season, but I, I I don't I never really understood was this supposed to be a part of continuity of the movies or not? Well, it is in the same like mm-hmm. I said. I, but, I do think that's the but like the turtles the aren't even universe. brothers in this one because mm-hmm. I think they did that so they can hit on Venus. They didn't care. They just they, do they to, also do they. Do they get into the Splinter lore on the show at all? I don't remember at all. Well, if supposed I don't. To be I don't know if they Hamasa. do, but they uh, they talk. I mean. Shredder's Oroko Saki. They did say that. Yeah, Venus said that, yeah. But he's always at least Oroko Saki, right? That that one fellow... He always at least has the name. Yeah, yeah. The 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 one fellow who materialized and we saw his face, (laughs) like, he called Splinter Splinter. It seemed like he was an old friend of Splinter. Yeah, he was. That is true, too. Well, maybe not. In all fairness, from the little bit that I remember, I think that was whoever, like, sent Venus to them, was that old man. Yeah, he was like a brother. That guy was like a brother to Splinter. Okay. okay. Here's a question: Is this was this a thing that was produced somewhere else, and then they sent it over to us, and then dubbed it to like Power Rangers? I don't think. Yeah, so. I don't no. think so. No, okay. I'm fairly. That would have been no, better. no, because that uh, that would have been. Laird was kind of involved. Oh, Laird and Eastman okay. were kind of involved. They were just oh, not happy with that. What makes it worse to me then. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that makes it Quite worse. Why Venus was there? Now the rumor is that Next Mutation, which originally is supposed to be the the original fourth movie of the <laughs> of the Turtle movies. With each, the plot would be each turtle would be going through a second mutation. Michelangelo would become more human-like in appearance, which sounds horrible. Yeah. Donatello would become psychic and wear an optic device. I'm thinking like, like 
LaForge from Next Generation or Cyclops from X-Men. I was even thinking like Dragon Ball Z, how some of them have like the little like thing over one eye that's that possible gives them the computer well. readouts and yeah. stuff like that. Power, Power levels. Power, yeah. Raphael would become a creature with claws and spikes when he got enraged and went into like a berserker mode. The cartoon did that. 87 cartoon did, did that towards the end. Leonardo's mutation is kind of the, the weirdest dull. Uh, Leo dull? No. Yeah. Dull mutation of the bunch. He would turn his skin to different textures. Or like... <laughs> I don't know... Like a rough texture? Like... <laughs> I, I can just see him be like, hey, guys, hey, guys. Oh, I said, I'm hard. But it was just like, oh, I, I'm now fuzzy. Oh, hey, guys. Did you notice? I just did it. He's like, a, they treated him like Meg in that episode of Family Guy where they got powers. All she could do is just oh, grow her nails long. Nails, yeah. <laughs> and uh, S- Splinter would double in size, which, I mean, that kind of works if you so like the like, 2012 series. He should have became a bat. Four foot to eight foot. Oh, God. And then finally, the movie was supposed to feature a fifth turtle. Uh, this would be another boy turtle named Kirby. Now, Mike, uh, wasn't there like a Next Mutation video game? There was a, a game that was scheduled to come out around the time that uh, Next Mutation was out. Uh, now, there is this is okay. This is the weird thing about this. So, as as time has gone on, there's there's always been video games that got announced that didn't happen. You know, they lost funding or whatever yeah. here and there. But there's always screenshots. There's always videos. Oh. There's always a logo, a something. There is fuck all about this game anywhere on the internet other than the title of the game was supposed to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3D. Hmm. It was supposed to be released for the PlayStation 1. Because that was the only was PlayStation that existed at the time. Yeah. Um, and, Back in our day. And here's the thing about it. Electronic Gaming Monthly used to have a list of games that would be coming out for the year, as I'm sure you know, Billy. Yes, yes, and they would have it broken down into quarters. Well, this game was scheduled to come out in the third quarter of 1998. It is in EGM for like a straight year on their list of games to come out. But there was never a write-up about it. It was just always on their list. And EGM's a, a pretty reputable source. They, they like were, that was they really were. I mean like them and like Game Informer were like the top two magazines for gamers for years. For, yeah, make, make and then the third quarter of nineteen ninety eight came and went and the game didn't come out. There was no news about the game and then it was just never spoken well, about I ever because, again. I mean the series was cancelled by that point. So right. I that's what happened. Now if you thought uh next mutation was hard to watch, let me tell you all about Operation Blue Line. We actually watched this a little bit before we pressed record today. Uh, for those that don't know, Operation Blue Light is it line or light? I have it line. It was line. line. Yeah. I have it like uh, different things in my notes here. Operation Blue Line was a 1990 promotional video released by FHE and sponsored by the Southern California Rapid Transportation District. The video was made to inform kids about alternative travel methods such as railroads. Uh, the turtles are voiced in this special all by the original voices from the 1987 cartoon. So that, that calls pretty funny. Townsend right. Coleman, uh, Rob Paulson, all of them are Mary reprising Gordon. their roles for the turtles here, which, by the way, are big mascots. Like they didn't even yeah. try with the mouths. Don't move. They don't. Their eyes don't even have pupils. It's no. it's like something that you'd see at a car show. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's actually a really good. It's a good comparison. The, the, it's great. 
here's the plot. The villain Gridlock, which, by the way, greatest <laughs> turtle villain ever, is preventing commuters from learning about the fast and efficient rail service between downtown L.A. and Long Beach. So April enlists her turtle pals to spread the word about the new public transit. It's a good April, by the way. It's a, this is actually a really good April. Great fashion April. sense this April. Yeah, she was. This was all put on a VHS tape and it was given away for free to like all the kids in the Los Angeles area. You know, Los Angeles, the home of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Of course. Um, once again, turtle's mouths don't move at all. It's, it's just really scary. What did you guys think of Operation Blue Line? I think it's utterly charming. Uh, I think this is the my, maybe one of the best of these ancillary side things because, I, as you said, mascots. I like when they're mascots because I'm like, this is for kids, so it can be dumb. And also, you don't compare it to the I, original Henson that's ones. That's a big part of it. Which we keep doing for uh, everything, like Next Mutation, for coming out coming of our out shells. Of the, the spots, the, these turtles are not, uh, I mean, it's a mess, but they're not ugly. Like, yeah, we can see, like uh, Mike was pointing out, you can see that uh, <laughs> was it Donatello's, like, uh, what's he wearing, like a turtleneck or something? I mean, it, it looks like, like he's a, got a, a green dicky on to cover up <laughs> what I'm assuming was probably a rip in the rip. suit, so oh, they just covered yeah, it up. yeah, you're probably right. Because none of the other turtles had that in that spot. It's like in back in the days, you'd go to a Toys R Us, and, like, you would meet and greet, you'd meet the turtles, and it would be one of these costumes. <laughs> so, like, I, I, love, I love this. I thought I thought this was the best thing that you may have and, watched, to and, be honest. And April, great. the girl who plays April O'Neil showed up to work oh uh, yeah she was excited yeah. she took her job serious <laughs> i wonder if like pe- people were like go go and meet them like uh, we would do with uh mcgruff oh totally yeah, oh yeah. totally that's yeah. yeah my pet monster you can meet all those guys yeah. back in the days oh, yeah. at uh, yeah, like car shows and whatnot mm-hmm. no, car show, and very much like just like, well, like the last half of this video was was a whole bunch mm-hmm. of kids getting to meet all the the well, mascot yeah. of turtles and, and speaking of kids meeting the turtles <laughs> this is bad guys the 1994 a direct-to-VHS video came out that was 25 minutes long, and it was released just in time for the holidays. The video, which we wish you a turtle Christmas. Who has who has seen the shit? I mean, I saw the shit you showed us before we started like, recording. Did, had any of y'all seen this before I showed I, you? No, it? I had seen no. it before. Yeah, I had not seen an entirety, but I'd seen it. If nothing else, I had seen the uh, the reggae song that they do at the beginning of it on uh, online not too long ago, actually. Hey, Jimmy, play a snippet of that reggae song. Take the holes with pepperoni, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Mustard, eggplant, and bologna, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Santa Claus will bring his reindeer, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Oh, that was so horrible. Please don't, <laughs> so please don't cancel us for the, playing that. <laughs> here's the official synopsis of the video. On Christmas Eve, the turtles realize they've forgotten to get Splinter a gift. They hit the town to figure out what they can get him, and their kid friends join them for lots of singing, dancing, and some rapping as shenanigans Whoa. ensues. I like the it's a rap rap. If we can lose all of our... I'm, I'm glad we did this last, because we're, we're slowly losing players throughout this episode. Don't point out that they uh, go out incognito. They do. Well, they, oh, no, no. They, they go oh, no. to go outside. It says there's no need. It's just right. like, oh, this is a, yeah. a disguise-free day. It was a nice yeah, yeah. reference, though. Yeah. I said they made a reference to that. Like right. And, and by the way, all this happens in 25 minutes, and it's the longest 25 minutes you'll ever have to of sit through. Of your life. Um, was that the one with the kid dancing all weird? Oh, we're getting no, to that No, I think next. that was the we're next that one. Next. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember uh, which one that was. And spoilers, the turtles end up buying Splinter a framed plastic pizza for Christmas. 
1994 also saw the release of Turtle Tunes with mm-hmm. the exact same actors, the exact same uh, shots, suits, the exact same, same shots. shots. The, uh, the story is, that, and this one is, the Turtles are given their own variety TV show by April O'Neil, who we don't see it in oh. in the sh- uh, VHS at all. I don't see hardly any of the characters. The, the, uh, the, whole, the whole video is them shooting the pilot where they sing and dance with children in the park, they joke with each other, and they try to cook. Does anybody know? Did any of y'all see this before today? No, no, I didn't no. even know. It I existed. had never heard of this. I, I've seen some of this before. Yeah, riveting stuff. <laughs> Mike, save me here and tell me about one of the most bizarre incarnations of Tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: the anime. <laughs> well, first of all, I just want to say that uh, I was super interested to find out that this even existed because I believe it's on our cartoons episode. I actually say like I am all about the idea of like a true blue. Ninja Turtles anime. And it is very true and very blue. Because Rise is kind of like an Americanized anime, so like it it just kind of leaves you wanting more. But this, coming from... I apologize for all these names I'm going to butcher while I talk about this. Judith Uh, Judith has our back. (laughs) Subaraya Productions and B-Media on May 21st, 1996, released a VHS into the world. Not the world, but at least Japan. Uh, and said VHS contained two 25-minute episodes. Episode 1 features not only the turtles sporting their look from the 1987 uh, animated series, they also transform into the Super Turtles, which is based on the Super Mutants toy line that Jimmy spoke about in our previous episode Mm -hmm. from 1995, a whole year before this anime was to be released. Uh, Episode 2 also features the turtles with their 1987 appearance, but actually, in this one, they transform into their metal mutation forms, which Jimmy also spoke about in the previous episode. I believe we actually had a good laugh at it, trying to figure out what the fuck we were looking at. <laughs> and then later that night, if I'm not mistaken, was when I watched this for the first time, and everything made sense. Um, the music in this show. We'll get into the story in, in a little bit. Get, get ready, we Jimmy. Wanna... <laughs> so we have the opening theme. Just called Power Up Turtles by Hironobu Kageyama. It is so catchy. But the closing song, the end credits song, The Earth is Safe, also by Hironobu Kageyama, has some of the most batshit, unhinged, nonsensical, translated lyrics. It's beautiful. Now, anybody who's who's a big fan of video games and or, jazz cabbage. Yeah, and Jazz, Jazz Cabbage <laughs> uh, has probably seen some like literal translations from Japanese to English, and seen that it just all your base are belong to us. Exactly. If that means anything to anyone listening out there, mm-hmm. so I wanted to take a second and read you all the lyrics, the translated lyrics that is of the closing song, "The Earth, the Earth is Safe," from the 1996. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles anime. Which way is the station? The pizza is hot. I kick the ground at the station. It makes me happy. My knowledge of love, well, let's just say I'm single. The town is a big mess. Turtles are dancing with swords. Anyways, a love song. The earth is still doing fine. Though the moon's been swept away. We're doing better than our future. Turtles. Turtles. Gum. Your gum. Chew your gum properly. 
If we try to just stop dancing weekly, our hearts will be happily jamming. If everyone would dance and smile, the angels on high would dance too. (laughs) Excited dancing stops the darkness. Our hearts will be happily jamming. If everyone would dance and smile, the angels on high would dance too. Obviously, that has everything to do with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That sounds like the best deaf poetry reading I've (laughs) heard in a long time. I mean, just... I mean, did they even yeah. try to translate, or were they just watching? Oh no, I. Oh, it's, what? Like, it's like it's, it's translated. Oh, there. I know. So, I know, but I mean, about the words that come back. Well, let's say like I'm. Not, like I, I don't know. Watching the if they and just like right. I don't know if somebody tried to make sense with the way what you just heard yeah. was me pausing the video every two three <laughs> seconds to write the next line down. Right. So this is taken straight from the episode itself, straight from their translation. First time I saw this with Mike, we both had some jazz cabbage, and it was one of the greatest moments of my life. I had already watched it at least three or four times at this point. I can't get enough of this anime. Well, I, I I'm so mad there's only two I episodes. I want more of it, yeah. Yes. I want more of this. Can we talk about Krang's voice? Oh, we, we oh, absolutely can. So Krang's voice is the most high-pitched, annoying thing in the world, to the point where there's even in-story, in-episode... He's trying to convince Shredder and Bebop and Rocksteady to carry out a plan. They don't want to do it because it's going to result in Earth being destroyed and them having to go live in Dimension X. And so Krang just starts yelling at him in this high-pitched voice to the point where Shredder just says, Fine, 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 I'll do it. Just stop talking, you bastards. Because that's another thing on the show is that Shredder refers to everyone as bastards on the show. Uh, But getting into the, the story of it, So the Turtles have been summoned to the underground shrine of the Neutrino Kingdom, with a little, I guess, connective tissue to that 1987 series, uh, by Chris Mew, who is essentially just Kala. And uh, she's the one who gives the Turtles the Mutastones, which gives them the ability to transform into the Super Turtles for how long, Brandon? Three whole minutes. And it's Brandon's favorite part of the show. He he never stops talking about it anytime I bring it up. Well, they always like to bring up like time <laughs> limits in the show, and then when they use the powers, they're using them for like ten minutes of screen time. Right. Uh, but as the show goes on, you also find out that there's a dark muta stone. So Krang, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady need to get a hold of that, and that ends up giving them super versions of themselves, which I showed to the guys earlier before we started recording. How did you all feel about these mutated versions of Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady, or even the mutated versions of the Turtles? I, I, I kind of like, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady were okay. Shredder was batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. The Turtles looked like Wolverine, like yeah. like Gun, Gundam Wolverine. They do kind of have like a Wolverine mask-like I shape. I absolutely love when they have the 1987 designs in there, because it looks really good mm-hmm. when, they are, when they have the uh, classic looks on there. Yeah. And like, April O'Neil looks amazing in it, too. But yeah, once they also, and I think Krang looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But once they start changing, it just be like, I don't know, it, it gets really anime. I was saying, it, it, like, it is too anime for my Proper <laughs> 90s Japanese anime. It really yeah. Well, yeah. Even the scene with like Splinter stopping the, the spirit orb, I love that. I was definitely going to bring that I up in a that. sec, because that's, that. that's one of my favorite scenes of the, of the whole thing. Yeah, uh, the, the, the mutations, though, uh, I'm with Brandon on the exact same page, pretty much. Uh, they look like Ronin Warriors slash Gundam. Uh, well, you did point out that Shredder looked like Chrome Dome, uh, and that, uh, I don't know if that was, if they meant to make that reference or not. Um, 
Yeah, this is like a, just a, a bullion base of fun. Uh, <laughs> um, I watch these and I think the translations are fun. And um, Splinter doing that thing that he did was fun. It's ridiculous. And I kind of, I, I, like I said, I, if there were more of these, I'd probably watch them. And I think the music was pretty dope. Mm-hmm. It's definitely catchy. Oh, yeah. You, you'll there, be there singing was. the uh, Go Go Turtles. Go Go Turtles. I'm right. still singing it right now. All right. uh, notable moments in the first episode has the uh, turtles performing the super mutation where they combine to make the saint, which is the essentially combiner robot that the turtles turn into that is all white, kind of uh, kind and, of like Voltron, kind of like Power Rangers, right? And they can hold that form for a hundred whole seconds, which they totally stick to. Yeah, yeah. Um, Along with that, uh, Shredder ha- actually has the same communicator that he uses in the 1987 series oh. to talk with Krang at one nice. point on the anime, nice. which I thought was a nice touch. Nice. Uh, the, the Krang calling Shredder a word that we won't say again. <laughs> uh, Shredder turning into a dragon. Splinter and Krang actually come face-to-face mm-hmm. at one point, which is pretty cool because that hasn't happened a lot in the past. Mm-hmm. And as previously mentioned, same voice actor. Mm-hmm. At one point... <laughs> Dragon Shredder, as we'll dub him, grows to kaiju sizes and throws what can only be described as a spirit bomb straight out of the, the, the not pages, but straight out of Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. At Splinter, who then, and not in any type of mutated form, mind you, he's the only one in the story at this point who's not mutated or anything, grabs it with his bare hands, paws, whatever, mm-hmm. and then just slams it straight down into the ocean. Most likely killing hundreds and thousands of yeah, wildlife lots of in the ocean. <laughs> they actually were like one-handed, if I remember correctly. On was it? That. Yeah. Okay. I think it was, yeah. yeah. Right. And, uh, and the, the last thing that's really no- worth mentioning, because I don't want to give away too many spoilers if somebody listening to this wants to watch it. It's on YouTube, guys. It's is it has the cutest fucking rocket ship oh, yeah. that has ever been seen in animation ever. It has big anime eyes. It has its own emotions. It skedaddles at the end of its scene. <laughs> it's it very is, cute. It is. it is just fantastic. <clears throat> uh, does anybody else have any thoughts on some of the stuff that I was able to show you all from the first episode before I move on to Outside the... Outside of I want more? No. Fair enough. I'm, I'm right there with you. So, the second episode... We see the turtles, along with April and Splinter, Splinter, travel to Japan in order to help Kinzo Hattori, who is supposed to be part of the uh, Hamato clan. And at the same time, Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady teleport themselves to Japan, which, by the way, they did not know they landed in Japan. The Ninja Turtles have to tell them that in this episode, (laughs) that that's where they're at. Yeah, they're in New York in the first episode. Right. Speaking perfect Uh, Japanese. Right. (laughs) Uh, in order to steal the Tablet of the Seven Elements so that they can gain the powers of the Guardian Beast, which, spoiler, literally all of them, the Turtles, Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady, all end up doing it, and they all end up with their own <laughs> different Guardian Beast forms. I always thought that was a really interesting thing, like, even in this uh, uh, show or whatnot, but any other show, like, as soon as they get their powers they've never used before, they automatically know how to use oh, right. all the fucking powers. right. Of this newly acquired power. Uh, Notable moments in this episode include Krang simply annoying Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady into doing his bidding. That's fine. The Shredder gang and TMNT try to fight on top of the bullet train at one point, but unlike every other cartoon, movie, or TV series you've ever seen, they acknowledge that it's moving way too fast, and they all fall down in the process. Uh, (coughs) At one point, (laughs) Shredder... And his gang 
and the turtles all run straight up at a 90 degree angle on foot up the side of a castle. There is no grappling hooks involved. There is no superpowers. They have not mutated at this point any more than, you know, their initial mutation. Uh, Even get tired at one point and just start crawling. Uh, So it's not even like a matter of momentum took them up the side of this wall. Uh, At which point Leo actually points out to, uh, what was it, Kinsey, who they were helping in the story, that, hey, isn't this a castle? Wouldn't it, like, have stairs on the inside we could have taken instead of doing this? And then there's just a big, awkward silence. And then Krang chimes in without being seen, calling everyone dumb shits. (laughs) That is fantastic. Uh, This time, Shredder's mutation was more akin to, like, a white tiger zord. Straight out of Ninja Turtles even had, like, the big white tiger face in his chest. And the episode ends with all of our heroes celebrating on top of the hidden fortress, which collapses seemingly for the sake of comedy and no other reason. And yeah, that, that, that didn't make any sense. Yeah. That is the entirety of the 1996 Ninja Turtles anime. If you're looking for it on YouTube, the title is Mutant Turtles colon Superman Legend. Search and have fun. It's a lot it's, of it's fun. Great. It's great. It's, 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 like, it's two episodes, each one's a half hour, so mm-hmm. it's a fun hour. With a night of jazz cabbage. Which I will be in, watching later. In all fairness, it is possible to enjoy it without mind-altering substances. But Brandon's not wrong. That's definitely the best way Jazz to enjoy cabbage it. will enhance it. <laughs> now, that, that theme song was one tasty treat. Speaking of tasty treats, <laughs> Jimmy is going to tell us about some of the tasty turtle treats from our youth. It's a damn fine segue, by the way, sir. Damn fine. <laughs> so, with every turtle incarnation, we always get snacks. Uh, in the 90s, we had the Crunchabungas, the Farley's Fruit Snacks, the Popsicles with the gumball eyes. Yes, it's, I got one on my arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with the new film, we even we got some new products there, too. Like today, we tried some of that the pizza mm-hmm. from Walmart. Uh, we had we recently had, the, we tried the Turtle Cake Bites yep. and the Pitos. I thought they were mostly okay, right? Yeah, I really okay. liked the chips, actually. The, the, they were like vegan chips, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like vegetable mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I actually thought those were pretty good. They were actually really tasty, yeah. 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 Pretty much just existing foods with a TMNT logo slapped onto them kind of thing. Oh, really. 100%. Yeah, that's all it was. But there are a few things I wanted to highlight from back in the day. And one was described on the box as crunchy, sweetened Ninja Nets with Ninja Turtle marshmallows. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Cereal. Bringing kids our power pack, no cereal. But Shredder wants it. We must take that power. Yeah, let me have it. Let's give it to him. Oh, but Ninja Nets. Now, now, dude. It's Crunchy Ninja Nets with Ninja Marshmallow. A power pack crunch. Uh, From Ralston, one of their best offerings, I do have to say. Do you have a box of this? Uh, I, I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah. So those, those that don't know, Jimmy's uh, apartment is filled with old school Ninja cereal boxes. So, uh, for me, one of the best designed cereal boxes of all time, with Donatello holding a giant spoon mm-hmm. instead of his bow, uh, it really succeeded with its choice of gimmicks and contests and prizes. They had a contest on the box where you could win a complete collection of Playmates action figures. Uh, some had a turtle bandana. Uh, you'd get the masks inside. Some had Farley's fruit snacks. Most famously for a while, they came. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you zooming in on my phone? I was quietly looking at that picture. 
sorry. I just kept saying they can't get lower and lower and lower. Most fall asleep. For a while, they came with a green ooze syrup topping you could squirt on top of the cereal. Here we got a picture there. Oh, uh, a huh. packet, and you just look. Someone made a little turtle on top of it. Okay, uh, so that's really cool. That's really cool. It's different. And lastly, which is to me, it's a thing of of cereal legend. Each box came with a turtle cereal bowl, cellophaned around it, and they had each of the turtles. I oh, do remember oh, those. That's awesome. I do a hundred percent remember yeah. those. Oh yeah. I wish I had these, but these go for these are big bucks on eBay, especially yeah. like I don't. This was an auction. Lord knows how much that was. Oh, I'm sure because those are like on card. They are yeah. still yeah. on card. Do you have any idea how much? It- going for this might have been four hundred dollars oh, for, but it, it, it for probably, cereal guys probably was more than that for what was probably realistically like five dollars of plastic and, and you know that cereal stale by now right oh uh, yeah. right you yeah. don't care oh, i don't care about well, those bowls are really hard to keep in uh like good condition yeah very good condition yeah. because like you they're very cheaply made from what i remember they're just right. a pack on yeah that's yeah. all it was yeah. Yeah, very cheaply made it like it wasn't something that you would they didn't make it for the for the collectors they did not make yeah. it for the long run not at yeah. all uh, later, they had a box that had a hologram on the front. A lot of cereals, uh, real Ghostbusters did this, where they had like a hologram mm-hmm. on the front. Billy, you might remember, remember that. This. Yes. This is impressive. The cereal was in circulation from 1989 to 1995. That's an huh. impressive wow. shelf That's life a good run. Property-oriented wow. cereal. Right. Look at the. I show this. Look at the double dip fun of this box here. Uh, I actually had this box growing up. This particular run had pizza, pizza-shaped pizza marshmallows mm-hmm. and flip books uh, with scenes from Turtles 2. Was, was, cereal, oh, nice. was the cereal good? Like, yes, and it was a really good cereal. Really? Um, that might be why it lasted so long, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But that's actually one of the best things about it. I mean, the gimmicks, and I thought it was a really good cereal. It, I like... Uh, I like cereal to get soggy quickly. I know a lot of people don't. Oh, no, I'm kind of with you on that the, one. The Nets, Little Ninja Nets, soaked up the milk really well, and the marshmallows are really good. I would go to my, my, my parents would never buy this because that, this mm-hmm. is a cereal for rich people. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> I'd go to my friend Mark's house and eat all his Ninja Turtle cereal. Right there, we talked those two gimmicks on the box. That's pretty much a year of fun gimmicks for one cereal in 2023. They really spoiled us. They totally spoiled yeah. us back in the day. Uh, but most people of a certain age always go back to the turtle pies. Heroes in a half show are making a surprise. Teenage mutant into turtle pies. Spread from the sewers to you. <laughs> Their minds are delicious. You know that's true. Because they're filled with mutagen goo. Vanilla pudding goo. They're the tastiest, flakiest, greatest crust. Even better than our pizza. And it's green. Like us. Teenage mutant into turtle pies. Hostess Turtle Pies, which launched in 91 for a very limited time. Filled with vanilla pudding power. Mm-hmm. And it was a limited time because my father reminded me about that. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, uh, yeah. Hostess mm-hmm. took their regular vanilla pie and smeared it with a green topping and release that into the wild. Uh, <laughs> it did not look appetizing. Each came with a sticker inside or a trading card, like Turtles 2 was about to come out, so sometimes it came with a trading card for Turtles 2. Uh, they are pretty fondly reminded by a lot of people, not me, but by most. Uh, Change.org has a petition to bring them back. <laughs> okay. They were recently referenced on an episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, oh. like Charlie spent all the money to get yes. a box of, oh. uh, of turtle, turtle pies. pies on eBay. <laughs> uh, but I have a different view of this particular product since my father worked for Hostess for approximately 100 years uh, and we had these pies 
coming out our fucking ears in 1991. Uh, I'm going to let my parents explain that. Uh, Jimmy, cut to the footage. <laughs> I don't know any of the turtles' names. <laughs> so do you remember when I was a kid and I was into Ninja Turtles? Yes, Donatello, and what's those other ones' names? Leonardo. Leonardo. Michelangelo. And, and there was one, uh, The what was the little rat that was the... Uh, Splinter. Splinter, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, I remember all that. So this is a bit of a switch, but it all is going to make sense once I get through it. Uh, okay. Dad, how long did you work at Hostess? 27 years. And what did you do at, when you worked for Hostess? I was a delivery man, a truck driver. I would take the take the stuff to the stores and put it on the shelves and then go from one store to the other and had about 30 stops a day. Do you remember these? I remember the... Yeah, they weren't pillows then. They were a Ninja Turtle hostess pies. pies. Yeah. That wasn't... Um, it was just a, a seasonal thing. Yes. And, and after that, it was just... It was gone. But uh, they took advantage of everything they could do as far as that. And the turtles... It was good, good pies too. It was it was in 1991, and it was like an existing. They had a vanilla pie, and they just made the top of it green and called it a turtle pie. Do you remember that? I remember these sat on our kitchen table because I didn't like them very much. I don't think, or maybe I got tired of them, and they sat on our on our kitchen table for months. Do you, Do you remember that? I that remember. They just sat around here. Yeah, because nobody it become a dead items really i mean they they probably should have never come up with them to begin with but you, well they they just jumping on the bandwagon yeah. you know and um i remember when my friends would come over like when they would go home you would make them take turtle pies and other hostess things back home with them so we'd get rid of them do you remember that i remember that you'd give them to frickin' frack up the street yeah mm-hmm. give them to anybody i think at, at times even at halloween we gave that okay that's what cuz i remember one Halloween, we gave out, I always say they were turtle pies. They may not have no. been. But is that a thing we actually did? Because I remember I remember us doing that. Yeah, Were Twinkies? I think it was orange and chocolate cupcakes. Oh, what, I could Whatever been. I could bring home from work, whatever they yeah. had. So in, in that time, how many turtle pies do you think that maybe we didn't eat, maybe we couldn't give away? How many do you think we probably just threw away because they just got old? Too many. <laughs> probably a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, nobody liked them. And it was more or less, you'd break it open. It was like a vanilla custard. It was vanilla custard. I thought it was gross. Um, But I do need to let you know that on eBay, an unopened turtle pie goes for about 100 bucks a piece. Oh, So if we had filled a tote full of turtle pies and kept them under the house, we could probably make a car payment at this this point. Are you aware of that? Oh, they'd be rotten, wouldn't they? People don't care. They just want the the wrapper. (laughs) Okay. They just want the wrapper that it's in. I can remember the year we went trick-or-treating and I fell down the driveway (laughs) <laughs> and Jimmy hollered, Oh, my Bobby, she's dead. Oh, my Bobby. I said, Go get, I said, Shut up and go get your daddy. <laughs> I'm well, hurt. Well, Halloween fits you because you were I a had, witch. I had skinned my leg all the way down. So, if anything came from this podcast, at least I got to finally ask my parents if we actually gave out turtle pies for that Halloween. Which we did. (laughs) I've been telling people this for years, and I'm so glad I wasn't full of shit. Do any of you have memories of the turtle pies? I recall the turtle pies. Uh, I don't recall what exactly they tasted like, per se. Bad. That's what I I thought. I remember the the packaging, but I don't think I ever had it. A turtle pie. It, before. You bite into it, and it's it a, looks awful. It's a it big. Does. It just uh, vanilla ooze just comes <laughs> out into your mouth, 
Yeah, it and does. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the porn. Or, that's, it's next. It's just it's not. Next. It's just not pleasant. It wasn't pleasant no. to me. Like as a kid, I thought it was nasty. And usually, most things green colored. The, the green it's, shell is very off putting. It, yeah, it just it, it it's a good way. It's visually off putting. It yeah. doesn't look, yeah. doesn't look so. Yeah. I mean, the package. I'm sure, is beautiful. It, it, I'm sure it tastes fine, but yeah, the actual product itself. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had one, mostly because my parents would probably think this is a snack food for rich people. <laughs> we worked for the. Uh, <laughs> we worked for the rich people. My dad, we worked for those my rich dad people. Slaved for the rich people. <laughs> now, if you thought turtle pies look gross, the four of us saw a different kind of turtle pie hey, right oh, before we began oh, today's podcast. Oh no. It's way worse. Uh, after almost six episodes of Turtle Cast, Mike, Billy, Jimmy, and myself. Finally watched the film that no one wanted us to review. Should we do this entire part doing ASMR type voices to make it good and sexy for everyone at home? They didn't even make it good and sexy for us. <laughs> Mike. Yes, we watched the 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtle porn. Because All we are, tr- are beautiful. Because we are yeah. professional journalists here on this podcast. We leave no stone unturned. Oh, man. I want to state that this movie has... Was not produced by the people behind Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and and uh, yeah, the, the people behind the, this film were not associated with the franchise in any official capacity. So I don't want you know turtle fans to hate us for for covering this. But it was produced. <laughs> this by, was a parody, guys. But it was produced by April O'Neil. The herself. character herself produced it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whose stage name is April O'Neil? Even before this movie came out. Yeah. I have some stats about April O'Neil. If you'd well, like me to read gonna, those in a sexy voice, I thought you were going to say what? you had some yes. videography that we didn't know about of what? April O'Neil. Sexy voice stats, please, Jimmy. Go for it, Jimmy. Um, these are some stats about the lead actress. April O'Neil, not actual name, but we're just going to go with that. April O'Neil was born April 7th, 1987. In 2011, she was nominated for New Starlet of the Year. She didn't win, obviously robbed. Her other films include parodies of Riverdale, (laughs) The Lego Movie. What? (laughs) Wait a minute, what? How did did that happen? The Lego Movie. And Fortnite. Oh, God. Lego movie? In her spare time, when she's not fucking on camera, (laughs) she likes to visit Disneyland, and she's an avid pinball player. I follow her on Instagram, (laughs) so I know this. Thank you. What kind of pinball? Just regular Any kind of pinball. She's always just like, here I am. She goes all, all over the place. Just You know, there's a Ninja Turtle one not far from my apartment. Maybe I should let her know. Oh, she loves it. Because that cart country over there in Shepherdsville yeah. actually does have the Ninja Turtle pinball, nice. the more recent Ninja Turtle pinball nice. game. She's a Disney gal. I love it. <laughs> so but that's not why you follow her. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> so we watched porn together today, guys. We what did, did y'all think? And try not to be super vulgar. We, and for the record, we didn't watch really any of the. We watched the parody stuff. We didn't watch Five the uh, it, the right. yeah the the actual movies like thirty minutes long. We watched I think. About we ten the minutes. first five minutes Maybe and then skip twenty minutes. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the twenty minutes is just April O'Neil and Casey Jones doing their thing, and that's Casey um, Bones. Yeah, and, Casey Bones. And, and show respect to the puns <laughs> that everyone's names were. <laughs> and much like his uh, job interviews, he kept the mask on. He did. Uh, what did everybody think of the parody stuff that we saw? I'm going to be honest with you. I thought some of it was great. Personal <laughs> opinion: the humor, the humor, great in this fun. porn parody. Yeah. Is better than any of the humor in any of the Platinum Dunes films. 
and the third live-action Ninja Turtles film. Wholeheartedly think the humor in the porn was better than in the actual films that, like, had, well, at least with the Platinum Dunes, won millions of dollars spent on them. I couldn't stop laughing every time somebody changed a word around to be a, the spreader instead of the shredder. Are you kidding me? Yeah. By the way, the shredder, shredder with a lady. Yeah, they didn't do anything with yeah, shredder. I'm spreader. Surprised. Well, that, yeah, they were fighting. Have seen it all, she did she? No. They were busy having the really hard fight that we couldn't see with the Ninja That's, Turtles. That was funny because they, they fought the entire time that Casey Bones and April O'Neil were chatting. Um, I love the music. Whoever did oh, that. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. The, the, uh, D squared. That's what it was called. Yeah. The band. Yeah. The, uh, D squared. The 10-inch Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song is, is a banger. Like, it's very professional, oh, too. Oh, yeah. And, um, and <laughs> for, for what it's worth, those listening, you can get it on Apple Music and I'm assuming Spotify as well if and, it's on Apple Music. And you can have some jazz cabbage while you while you watch it. <laughs> we stop talking about weed in this episode? <laughs> Jimmy, what was your favorite part about this uh, porn parody? Favorite part? Um, I, I don't know about favorite part, but I appreciate that this is made by Wood Rocket. Uh, that's the name of the films or whatever. And like April O'Neil is kind of involved with Wood Rocket. And like they're basically like, uh, they're just like some hipsters that like make porn. <laughs> you and, definitely know they're nerds. Cause they, yeah, there's a bunch of nerds that make movies. A bunch like, of turtle puns. Like the ones fantastic. about Fortnite. Like those are all ones that they made. I wish Splinter were in it more because he just says, I'm a furry. And yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I think, that made, I think that made it hilarious though. He, Barely in it. He should have had the scene with the spreader. He should there you go. Oh, man. Yeah, you could have perfect. ended that feud. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. We <laughs> so, just made no. it better. A lot of work that was put into that opening credit sequence. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. There was, like, an- animated turtle dicks and whatnot, but, like, there was just... That had bandanas on it. Right. Each, each one of the dicks yeah, had, fun. like, the, the color-appropriate bandana on the end of them. Now, now, the adult movie wasn't okayed by those in power of TMNT... But there's one story that did get signed off on. We talked about it briefly in episode one when we talked comics. But after recording that episode, I found out that there was way more information to that story. And I needed to share it with you guys here on the finale. Um, We've got to talk about the time the Turtles came face-to-face with Hitler. (laughs) You see, listeners, you're going to want to sit down for this one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures issue 64 was published... By Archie Comics. Remember, Archie Comics. This is a book for children. Right. In episode one, I mentioned Hitler's brain being in an Armageddon machine, but there is so much more. So, Hitler's brain in this story, it's alive and well, it's in a robot, and the turtles follow that robot to the past. Yes, the past, as in the 1940s. The Armageddon machine wants to meet up with OG Hitler. The turtles destroy the robot, but wait for it. They run into the original Fuhrer, Fuhrer himself. You said OG Hitler? Yes. <laughs> original recipe, mustache, and all. I'm mean, sorry, bro. Captain America did OG Hitler. He did. Yeah, but it was not in the 90s in a kid's, cartoon, a kid's comic book. Now, Raphael takes the opportunity of a lifetime and punches Hitler's lightsaber. There you go. Somebody Have, have you guys seen the picture of that? I have not. No. Hold on. Get that I believe I've seen the picture of when Captain America did, because he punches he Hitler did. too, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 but not with such Oh, show. shit. Why is he wearing a hat? Well, he has a hat oh, and an yeah. eye patch, because yeah. he lost yeah, his eye during well. a story. Yeah. Once again, a kid's book. Okay. But Weird. 
Please explain the baseball cap, because what is that covering? Like an eye patch, I get immediately what that would be helping, but a baseball cap. There's something that happened in an earlier story where he was just kind of ravaged, if I remember correctly. Okay, so he just covering... I had read it, like, I literally read it up to the Hitler story, I found out recently. What a place to stop. So I stopped reading in 61, and 62 was the beginning of the Hitler story. So I, I, I missed out there. But wait, there is plenty more. After Raphael socks it to Hitler, Hitler pulls out a gun to shoot the obviously not Aryan turtles when Leonardo somehow convinces old Adolf that he is in fact dead and that the turtles are just demons who are there to take his brain and they already have his soul. Spooky stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, this tall turtle tale of Leo's does the trick, apparently, because Hitler has a breakdown, he pulls out his gun, and he shoots himself in the head. Wow. Jesus! Yes! Wow. In a kid's comic, <laughs> we learned that Hitler killed himself because of the goddamn Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If, let's give the turtles That's a clap. Tarantino level <laughs> of This is a masterpiece. Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns has nothing on TMNT Adventures number 64. I'll show you. Here is the picture... Of Hitler killing himself in a children's comic book. Yeah, that's a, that's a gun to his head. Yeah, yeah and blam, and, and that's... Yep. Yeah. So, no mention of Ava Braun? I was about to say, poor Ava Braun. Maybe yeah. April helped her out through that. <laughs> so, so now we know a little bit about world right. history and turtle history. Gotta be honest with you, I'm mad this wasn't the story for TMNT3. <laughs> yeah. We're traveling I, back in it, time, why not do this? It would have been, been way better. better. It would have been, been way, way better. more interesting. A whole lot better. And with that, after six episodes of TurtleCast, you now know everything about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even some of the stuff you didn't want to know about. My question for all of you guys before we leave here is this. How has your fandom changed since we started uh, recording TurtleCast? Start with uh, Mike. I, a few things I would actually say my, my opinions changed on a little bit. One, uh, I had to just sort of come to terms with the fact that the cartoon series that started a lot of, started this for a lot of us is not as good as I remember. That being. was that was kind of heartbreaking yeah. for me. It's to be a little hard. I mean, that, it doesn't, that first season still holds right. up great, and but. it doesn't mean that I don't love it. Yeah, because yeah. I still love it. It's still one of my favorite things. I love the of Ninja nostalgia Turtles. of it, right? No. But if I'm <laughs> looking for like really good storytelling or anything like that in a Ninja Turtles cartoon, I'm going to go elsewhere. No. Uh, it's kind of like also, Ghostbusters. How yeah, they end up. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then two other things that have actually changed a bit is, one, I, I do need to admit that I, I love Michelangelo way more than I ever was willing to admit before because, again, like I said in previous episode when I was a kid, I didn't want to like Michelangelo out of spite. Yeah. Because everyone yeah. just thought he would yeah. be my favorite because of my name. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and maybe it's because... That's become my son's favorite Ninja Turtle is Michelangelo. He actually dressed up as Michelangelo for Halloween. We had pictures Uh, of that on the uh, Facebook. And today when I was taking him home, he was wearing his Michelangelo hoodie. (laughs) Nice. And I I had a thought about that because I remember you saying that you thought Michelangelo would have been my favorite because I was a kid Mm -hmm. and he's kind of the kiddy one. He's the kid one. And I was thinking that maybe that's the reason my son likes him so much because of age and whatnot. And then I got to thinking about another thing about Michelangelo that we don't talk about enough. (laughs) That you only really see it explored in like the cartoons, and that's that he's the most loving of the bunch. Oh yeah, he's, he's the, the most accepting it, of other mutants. It's that way in the comics as well, right? That's why he had the cat, right? The and then even like like uh, him and Mondo Gecko having their little friendship in like the new movie and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like Michelangelo is always the one that kind of bridges the gap between them and other people. Yeah, uh, so I really like him in twenty twelve. Yeah, oh love love him in the twenty twelve <laughs> series, uh, and also. 
and maybe it has a little bit to do with the fact that we realize that he is my spirit animal, uh, I do have to dial back things I said about Raphael previously on this podcast. I actually quite like Raph at this point. Yeah. Um, the only reason I would say Leo is my least favorite is because he's had the least opportunities to shine in stories. I actually still think Leo is potential for like a really good character. They did a good job in 2007. They do a, or they did a good job in 2012. And that he's just got to be the boy scout. Mm-hmm. He's the bland one. He's, He's the the Captain America to Raphael's Iron Man, like, and I think that's why he catches a bad rap. But they, uh, I thought they were doing him well in Mutant Mayhem pretty well. Yeah, I like that but, version of Leo. But that's what one of the reasons when we were casting our Turtle movies, that's why I casted Chris Evans in that part because he he is very much that kind of stoic leader type, right? But yeah, that's definitely the the big one I have to, I guess, go back on is that I I don't hate. Raphael, like I used to say, I actually quite enjoy him in, in different iterations of the story. Billy, how has your fandom changed since we began Turtlecast? Um, it hasn't really changed, honestly. Uh, there's. Have you learned anything new? Was there like yes. anything new that you yeah, found that you're like a big fan uh, of now? Well, I don't know, I'm a big fan of, but definitely learned that there's much more to Ninja Turtles than I had originally right. you know, thought that there was. And we still yeah. didn't even cover it. We didn't yeah. cover all of it, no. We did not cover all of it. And this franchise is, I mean, it turns 40 in yeah. a couple oh, months. I know. It's, and it's, it just and hit another hot streak. It's yeah. almost as old as I am. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, one thing we had mentioned, uh, I believe in April, the uh, Tales of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes out on Paramount+. Plus. It's dropping in April? I think so. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so fucking cool of all the months. Not like the movie we watched earlier. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, do it. I mean, I'm not a fan of every single thing that I. Oh, that oh yeah. To do with I mean, there, there's something for everyone. That yeah, means exactly. that's going to be right. stuff that's right. not for us as well. Correct. Like Rise of, of the Teenage yeah. Mutant yeah. Turtles. Yeah, that's one good way to, uh, one good thing to point mm-hmm. out. Yes, Jimmy. Uh, how has your fandom changed since we started TurtleCast? Well, I suppose that after being dubbed a part of the Turtle family by Rob Paulson himself. And uh, putting hours into assembling all this and doing research, I do feel a little more ownership of the property than I did before we started. Uh, people usually send me, like, McDonald's memes and things, and now they send me turtle stuff online. And that's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, I feel like I'm in good company. And you guys, of course, feel more like uh, more like brothers than uh, than ever before. So I've got that Aww. going for me there. I I did something emotional. You did like <laughs> while not looking at us in the eye, no, no, while hiding behind, hiding behind the, the, the computer, behind the baby steps. Yeah, I, I, I had noted here to mention that the four of us together. I think of obviously I was close to all three of you to begin with, but now it's like a different bond. It's kind of oh, like. Yeah. We we've, we've experienced something mm-hmm. kind of like life event together. So and we, we made that. something together. Yeah, we, we did. We did. We, that, we, that Judas Hulk watch. Is, holy shit! Right. And, <laughs> never get over it. And, and not only did we make it, we we finished it after yeah, this one. We, we, we didn't abandon finish it, it no, which that a lot of people just start and mm-hmm. just they don't they don't finish. Pretty they easy to for yeah. something it's like this. It's, yeah, especially for for um, middle aged men, no less. Yeah, yeah, and I. Other things that changed for me, I became a huge fan of the comics because I never thought the comics would be nearly True, as good as I they were. Think of that. Especially the IDW books are just like the, that Tom that Tom Waltz Kevin Eastman run. It's just they're like taking the greatest hits from every single version of the Turtles and making it into one story. Yeah, and it's just really good. Um, other things, I I realized I didn't love the movies as much as I remembered, although I still love the first one a lot. Man. Um, 
cartoons. It was nice. Uh, I really enjoyed the 2003-2012 cartoon. I hadn't seen either one of them before. And uh, not too long ago, I went to Mike's house, and we played Shredder's Revenge for a little bit. And that was a freaking blast. So I can't wait for the sequel, Spreader's Revenge. Oh. <laughs> I mean, there won't be no scene with her in it. So. I'd, I'd buy it. Um, guys, what is your favorite TurtleCast moment? Uh, Billy. Ooh. Jimmy already pretty much said the gist of what my favorite moment is, and that's us all four getting together. Okay. And being able to give our opinions on uh, all the different facts that we have done research on and know of about the Ninja Turtles. Mike, what, what's your favorite Turtle uh, Cast moment? Well, I mean, part of me feels like I need to say something hokey because the three of you already <laughs> did, but like you all have already covered it, so I won't get into that. Uh, I'll stick more to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, it's probably a tie. One us casting our own dream movies. That is, that's what I love that. I still go back and listen to that frequently because I think one, we're just, I think we're just entertaining in that episode. Mm -hmm. And two, I really like everyone's message from Mm -hmm. the, the, like over the top budget blockbusters Mm -hmm. that me and Brandon were making to Jimmy, essentially making his own version of the original 1991 to Billy's absolute fucking fever dream (laughs) that I need to happen. I'm sure that was Judith's favorite one. (laughs) Um, and then also, uh, there's a part in the first episode where Jimmy says, usually when you're building up to something, it's Hitler. <laughs> and I don't know why, but it just made me laugh so fucking hard. That and when you told me that April O'Neil and Casey Jones were living in sin. That also, when I go back and listen to episodes, makes Your mom me laugh. mentioned that on Facebook. My mom texted me just the words, they're Dad living in sin, Michael. Yeah. yeah. It, my mom thought that was the funniest shit. So. I also love that, uh, even though we're experiencing this and we're, you know, I've done the turtle cast, we can still go back and listen to it and laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Some yeah. of the shit that we all said. Anyways, no, no, yeah. I now have six discussions with my friends about a thing that I love that I can go back and listen to exactly. whenever I want. And, and it yeah, is exactly. like a, a whole history lesson stuff, yeah. too. It yeah. really is, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, what's your favorite uh, TurtleCast moment? Well, I'm going to be selfish because I wasn't with the last thing I said. <laughs> go for uh, it. One of my favorite things about, uh, and I'll jump to another podcast we do about our Batman podcast, is when I realized that uh, there's an episode where Harley Quinn says my name. Uh, and mm-hmm. I realized my favorite part of this podcast is when April O'Neil said my name. <laughs> nice. Oh, I'm a simple man. Can I add one more like... thing? But that I I don't know why anything. Rob, Rob fucking Paulson. That was I was yeah, like man. like yeah. somebody's got to mention Rob. Yeah, fa- like I don't know why I didn't think of. It. I guess because I was just trying to think of the us of it. Yeah. And oh, yeah. yeah, like hearing Rob Paulson say my fucking name. If I can be a little selfish, like like say, Jimmy put it, like. Welcome to the turtles. Right, and he invited us, and we are turtle family. According to Raphael Donatello himself, (laughs) the four of us, while apparently sounding like a new boy band, sound like a boy band. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) we're all officially part of the Ninja Turtle family. And anyone who disagrees with that, we have video proof Mm -hmm. of Raw Paulson saying otherwise, and that's that. Yeah. Super awesome. Thank you again for that, by the yes, way, Brandon. Yes, like, yeah, thank you for all those, Brandon. Especially Judith Hope. My yes. God. That, that was, I was say, my favorite, my favorite moments that was great. That was great. are the casting of the movies. That's the one episode I've listened to multiple times. Yeah. I've listened to every episode, but that's the only one I've listened to multiple times because I really enjoy that. And uh, Rob Paulson was fantastic. Yes. And today, Judith Hogue. Played. Oh, man. So, what a professional. The. Uh, when I got Renee Jacobs and I got Paige Sturkos, who did amazing jobs, I noticed that they were just like, 
kind of a usual cameo, about three minutes long. So I, I actually listened to those. When I saw that Judith Hogue had sent me over 10 minutes, I was just like, I don't want to listen to that right now. I'm, I'm going to listen to that with everybody else because it's going to be a long one. Right. And I was just, and I even told them, I was just like, I don't know what she's going to talk about for 10 minutes. Watching your face as the video went on when she started bringing up like oh, Robin great. Williams and whatnot. Yeah, it was just like, yeah. oh, she did the homework. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was and fucking awesome. Thank you so much for that, Judith. Like I said, you did not you did not owe us that much, and no. you you went above and beyond. Please, everybody, go on Cameo, get cameos from Rob Paulson, Renee Jacobs, uh, Paige Turco, and definitely, definitely Judith Oak. I mean, I've met ama- people. She's amazing. I've met people at conventions who didn't seem to care that much. I agree. And I she agree. was doing a video and actually like put that much thought into it. It was really awesome. Now, I brought up the movie thing. That was one of our uh, multiple homeworks over the time. But right now, we have one last homework assignment to talk about before we go off into that turtle sunset. And here, and it's this question. If you could pick five Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle items to take on a desert island, what would they be? Now, if you're picking a TV series, each series counts as one pick. Each movie counts as one pick. Each toy line counts as one pick. Each video game, etc., etc. If you want to talk about the comics, you can say a run. So, mm-hmm. like, if you want to do the original Laird and Eastman run, that counts as one pick. Mm-hmm. So, if Last Ronin counts as one pick. So, we're going to go around. Uh, going to start with Billy. What are your top five Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle things you would take on a desert island? Well, the original NES game. Okay. Um, the original Konami? Yes. Like, so the 1989 one? 1990 more. movie. Yes. Something we did not talk about. Uh, a board game called Pizza Party. Okay! Oh, that's Touché. a good game. Yeah. That's a good game. I actually had that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Hmm. I would say my poster that I had when I was younger of the Four Turtles. Nice. That's a good pick. Yeah. It's nice almost, and personal. It's I like that. It's, it's almost like the, 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 the faces from Queen, but it's the Turtles. Oh, oh yeah, cool. yeah. I've seen yeah. that one. Huh. Yeah. I like that one a lot. And let's go with the last pick of, because I might get bored coming out of the shelves, uh, uh, cassette tape. Fantastic. Respect. Mike, what is your uh, five things you would take on a desert island that are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles related? All right. So obviously number one's got to be that 1990 film. I think that's going to be on all four of our lists. It's, it's, it's number one on mine. Spoiler. It's sure, arguably know. the apex of Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Like it's as good as it gets in any form of media. Starring Judith so. Hope. No right. Uh, number two, I put the 2012 animated series, because for me, that is the best cartoon that they've done. Three, I went with Shredder's Revenge, because that is, at, at this point, because there's just so much they've given us, like, with the DLC and whatnot, and, like, there's nine different characters to play through in a Ninja Turtle game. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's the best video game for my money at this point. Uh, but another video game that I want to throw on there was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game from 2003 oh, for okay. the PS2. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of beat-em-up, but the gameplay is different enough to where... like I, I almost went with the arcade game for this spot, too, but Shredder's Revenge kind of already gives me that style gameplay, mm-hmm. and this is a different kind of beat-em-up. You know, there's at yeah. least a little bit of platforming and right. big, like, huge yeah. boss battles and whatnot. And in the arcade, you're going to be by yourself, so it's, right. that, that one's more fun to play with the others. Right, right. Uh, and then for the, the fifth spot, I'm going to be honest, guys, I can't decide, so I think I need my brothers on this one to help All out. Right. <laughs> I couldn't does. decide between three items. Last Ronin. Okay. The 1996 anime that we discussed previously in this mm-hmm. episode. Okay. 
in the 1987 series. Ooh. I would pick the 1987 series, series just because you're on a desert island. Yeah. Don't know how long you're going to be there. Just so many. Yeah. And yeah, you have 10 so years worth Keep of stuff. Keep in mind, stuff. I also already still have the 2012 series with me already. I know, but you, that, you I mean, yeah, just add them yeah. together. Yeah. That's yeah. over yeah. 200 episodes. Yeah. Like, I like Last Ronin, but I, I feel like Last Ronin's a little overrated. Mm-hmm. As a whole, but uh, I think what hurt me reading it's Last not a lengthy read either. What, what hurt me with Last Ronin was I've read all those other IDW comics, right? And that's fair. I, my expectations were just I think a little too high for it. What was the, this other one that you put the in anime. there? The anime, the anime. I would not put, even though I love it. It's only fifty it's, minutes it's worth of content. Too short. Yeah, so, too short. fair enough. That's why I wanted that. One. I think it's definitely the eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. All right. Well, then it had. Then it hath been decided. <laughs> Jimmy, what is your top five list? Uh, again, the nineteen ninety movie. Yeah, we all picked it. Uh, going Billy, coming out of her shells tape because mm. it's fire. Yeah, it is. Um, it, the game can come with it too, but the arcade game cabinet with live action April on the side, which I have. Yes. Uh, love it to death. Oh, I didn't um, think about that. Ninja Turtle cereal with green ooze syrup on top in a Michelangelo bowl. I might have cheated with that when it added extra things, but they're all ancillary to the cereal, so I think it counts. It does. If any has counts for me, that counts for you. There you go. Uh, and lastly, and I have an honorable mention. And because I'm a contrarian at heart, and no one here is a fan, I'm taking the goddamn turtle blimp. <laughs> you can have that goddamn because turtle blimp. I love it, and if I'm not on an island, I can float it in the water, and it'd be real fun. That is true. Honorable mention. It's <laughs> a weird turtles. visual, by the way. It is. Honorable it is. mention is the turtles performing with Alan Thicke at Disney World. It just makes me happy. <laughs> Those are good choices. Yeah, good. I'll take you take Alan yeah. Thicke with you, though. I hey, I can. Oh. He's, he's it's it's a magical island. They already have a, a, a NES there. Turtle adjacent. I can take. So Tattoo's going to bring up Alan Thick for him. Someone. <laughs> my my five uh, number one is the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. I'm going to put the IDW comic book run by Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz. I am going to. I was going to say. Turtles in Time, but I'm going to pick Jimmy's thing that has the arcade game and Turtles in Time on it. So, putting that in there. Um, at number four, I got the 2012 animated series, so I can nice. finish that. And number five, I got the Mutant Mayhem soundtrack. Nice. So That's a really good pick. Well, guys, all good things come to an end. Does anybody have any final thoughts to share before we wrap this up? Uh, it's no real final thoughts turtle was, but I do want to take a few seconds to just thank the three of you for doing this and including me. Cause I now I'm doing the fucking sappy thing no. I said I was going to do, <laughs> uh, doing a podcast has always been like a bucket list item for me that I never thought I'd get to do, even though it's fairly manageable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just, it, it just, you know, I mean, Brandon, how many conversations have we had about we do this podcast for years, for years, right? And after so many years of doing that, you know, I I just really didn't think it was ever going to happen. So it was uh, it was nice to be able to do this, and it was nice to be able to do this with friends. Mm -hmm. And also, let's keep the group chat going. Just yes, yes, yes. oh yeah, got to do that. Yeah. Jimmy, any any final thoughts from you? I can't think of okay. anything else. <laughs> well, if you can you don't have any final thoughts, Jimmy, this uh, might be the end of the podcast for now. But tell people how they can support our podcast and keep track of potential future bonus episodes. They can go online to Facebook, and uh, there is a um, turtle. Uh, there is a turtle cast page. There's a turtle. Ca- I'm getting our podcast mixed up. Yeah. This is the last <laughs> we we, we started yeah. doing Batman again. Yeah. Yeah. There is a turtle cast page. <laughs> Go in there and like all the updates. Um, we'll probably continue doing that. There'll be continuing oh, yeah, updates, yeah. even though there's not uh, podcasts for a bit. But uh, keep doing that. Uh, follow us on the X uh, slash Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and most important, 
if you're listening to this, you probably already have done this, but if not, you can go online to any of your podcatchers of choice and uh, follow TurtleCast and uh, give us uh, five stars. Give us five stars. Give us five turtle shells uh, because the Joe more Bob people says, give us the likes, the more people see and hear the podcast, and we like to be seen and heard. And Jimmy mentioned it. Also, uh, check out Almost Got Him, a podcast about Batman the Animated Series. We have a Facebook for that as well. Uh, coming uh, in 2024, we are going to have a special crossover episode where the four of us are going to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Batman movie together. Woo! We're going to actually watch it while we record. Oh, very nice. Okay, I wonder if we want to actually oh, watch it together. Time. Yeah, that's right. I like that. But yeah, me and Jimmy are back with that. We have uh, had a new episode drop uh, last week where we talk about Adam West being on Batman the Animated Series. A lot of people are saying it's our best episode yet, so check that out. And once again, thank you all for making this podcast a reality. Thank you, listeners, for subscribing and following our podcast. Thank you, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, for creating this amazing IP 40 freaking years ago. It does not Mm. seem like that long ago, but... For one last time, for now anyway, I'm Brandon Ingram. I'm Jimmy Humphrey. I'm Billy Duckett. Mike Waters. And one last time, guys. Three, two, one. Cowabunga! We did it. We We did did it. it. I got you all bath bombs. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay. Oh, Uh, Oh, Michelangelo. Now it makes sense. Uh, Raphael. (laughs) Uh, here's Leonardo for Brandon. Oh, that's me. Thank you. And I'm the Donatello bath bomb. Let's all take a bath together. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs>